0: Helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Who is in control? That is a question we should all be asking ourselves because the answer to that question directly impacts who you are. Do you control your life? If so, then you live at liberty. If not, then you are dependent on others. The question of control is also a question of freedom. Are you free to live your life as you see fit, or are you enslaved to a system that tells you how to live? Almost 250 years ago, our forefathers fought a war so that our states could be independent from Great Britain, and we have fought many more since then to remain independent and free. Could it be that independence and liberty in America that could not be conquered from without has instead been abandoned from within? Daniel Webster once said, I apprehend no danger to our country from a foreign foe. Our destruction, should it come at all, will be from another quarter. From the inattention of the people to the concerns of their government, from their carelessness and negligence, I must confess that I do apprehend some danger. Could it be that his premonition has come true in the 21st century? Well, hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. Yes, this is where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. Why? Because we follow John Jay's uh, admonition. He said, Every member of the state ought diligently to read and study the Constitution of his country and teach the rising generation to be free. Why? He said, By knowing their rights, they'll sooner perceive when they're violated and be the better prepared to defend and assert them. And I think we've given up. We've we've succumb to the, the negligence, the carelessness when it comes to defending our rights, to uh, uh, standing up and protecting our rights, asserting our rights. We've decided it was easier to let someone else decide for us. And in doing so, we have abandoned probably the greatest gift any country has bestowed on any of its citizens. That is the ability to live free. I mean, I look around and I see how many people today seem to have become completely subservient to some other dominating influence. How many of them have? have how many people have been forced into certain actions to serve others? Sure, we have the the 303 creative uh, that that has said you can't be forced to, um, you can't be compelled to speak someone else's message, at least not when generated by the government. But compare that to. All the other times we've been forced to, people who are forced to take a jab, people who are forced to, to wear a mask, people who are forced to shut down their businesses, people who are forced to shut down their churches, people who are forced to close small businesses while large businesses thrived. We have a term for people who are forced into servitude. We have a term for people who are completely subservient to some dominating influence. Look it up in the Merriam-Webster Online Dictionary. The term for that is slave. That's why I wonder, have the American people been enslaved to their own laziness, to having someone else make decisions for them, for having someone else decide um, what is the proper thing to do? What, how do you handle your, your own uh, uh, health care? You, you know, what kind of car you need to drive? Um, what kind of food you need to eat? What kind of light bulbs and toilets you can put in your homes? Have we become so ingrained in servitude, so used to being enslaved, that the idea of living free is foreign to us? It seems more and more that may be true. As as I see people, when I talk about living free, living at liberty, they wonder who's going to take care of this for them and who's going to take care of that for them. They rarely seem to ask, well, how am I going to do that for myself? Now, it's bad enough for people to voluntarily enter servitude, either for a time or just to give up on life and expect someone to take care of them. It's quite a different when people are forced into that. And believe it or not, we're watching while people are trying to force others into servitude. There's many different examples of it. How about the, the central bank digital currencies? I've talked about this before. I'll probably talk about it again. I, I know it's easy. It's convenient. It's being sold that way as as just, you know, hey, it's an app on your phone or it's a new credit card. And voila, life is easy. And you don't have to worry about those pesky uh, you know, scammers or, or people that are coming in and, and, um, and, and, and going to rip you off and rob you blind because the good old fashioned Uncle Sam, he'll be watching out for you. He'll take care of everything. How many people realize that once we go to CBDCs, liberty's gone. Once CBDCs are the only method of transaction in this country, you are no longer free. We are all slaves because we're enslaved to money. You need money. You need money to buy things. Now, sure, yes, we can. there'll be some barter system. There'll be some black market coming up. But the vast majority of the American people are enslaved to dollars whether they be in form of credit cards debit cards and more and more rarely cash but what happens when the government is in control of all of that they've already tried control over the credit cards we had um was we had obama uh, uh trying to coerce the, the credit card companies to not do business with certain entities because he didn't like them we've already had bank of america turning over a uh, transaction data to the FBI when they asked for it, just to see if people might have been on, in, uh, on the Capitol on January sixth. This is control of your life. Think, just think of how much of your life involves money. Think of how many times you you reach into your wallet or your pocketbook and you pull out that credit card or that debit card. Just how often you go online to pay your gas and electric bill, to pay your mortgage, to make your car payment. Just think of how many times you stop to get gas, to pick up a, a, a gallon of milk, or the, the thousands and hundreds of thousands of other interactions we have with people involving money. What happens when the government gets to decide whether or not you can do that? See, we've all, I'm sure we've all done it, right? You've, you've pulled up to a to a gas pump or you've pulled up, you, you're checking out at a, at a store and they got that little machine and you stick your card in and it says authorizing. Now that authorizing is the credit card company deciding whether or not they're going to pay the transaction for you. That's literally what it is. Generally, they're saying, you know, is this a valid card? Um, has it been reported stolen? Does this person still have a credit limit? Uh, do they still have money in the bank? that's what they're doing primarily now what happens when it's not your bank that's doing that what happens when it's the federal government the same federal government that has already colluded with uh uh, social media to silence information they don't like that already tried to create a disinformation board and the person they plan to have run that board is still out and about saying, you know, gee, the fact that people can say information we don't like, we call it disinformation, well, that's dangerous. Do you really think they wouldn't use that when it came to your money? You're not allowed to pay for a subscription to that website because it's got disinformation. You're not allowed to buy any more gasoline. Your carbon footprint is full. You can't, you can't you know, produce any more carbon this month you know what, you shouldn't be eating all that junk food. You Walk away from the McDonald's, go somewhere else. They may even turn around and say, hey, forget the Piggly Wiggly, head for the Whole Foods. Central Bank Digital Currency literally is, and I, I try not to, to use that word uh, uh, wrongly, but it it literally is the control of each and every life in this country. When every transaction has to be authorized by an entity, by the, controlled by the federal government, your life is not your own. You are a slave, because all they have to do is turn the cash off. Just ask the truckers up in Canada. See, they didn't have central bank digital currencies, but you know what the, 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 the government did? It froze all their bank accounts for simply demonstrating against a set of draconian and potentially illegal actions by the premier. They had their their money shut off. Their cash, all access to all their money, even probably their retirement funds. Think, if you've saved up to, to be able to retire someday, wouldn't it be terrible if the government still said, ah, no, you got Social Security, you don't need that anymore. Or you've been a bad boy, you're not allowed to have that anymore. This truly is a question of enslavement, and it is by no means the only one they're currently working on. There are plenty of others, but I want to get this basic point across. Ask yourself, look at yourself in the mirror, look at your life, and ask yourself, how many decisions are made, not by you, but by some bureaucrat? not just at the federal level at the state level at the local level how many decisions are made for you by someone else i wish i could remember who said this there was a uh, and if, if anybody knows the 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 quote i'm talking about please comment i want to add this to my list cuz i think it's a great one it was the general idea is that laws are supposed to restrain evil not tell good people how to live i'm paraphrasing but that was the general idea A law should be there to restrain evil. That's why we have laws against murder and and, uh, assault and theft um, and all these others. They're designed to restrain and punish evil. But we've changed. Governments now focus less on restraining evil than on controlling good, deciding what is and is not acceptable and how we will and will not live our lives. Think about that. Did you elect a tyrant to tell you how to live your life? Let's face it. We've all got a little tyrant in us. Each and every one of us looks at someone, some story, some event, and says, there should be a law against that. People turn to me and all say, you cannot uh, legislate morality. We do it all the time. Every piece of legislation is morality. Everything from the, the, the speed limit to whether or not we allow dogs to roam without uh, state issued tags on them. That's all moral. The law against homicide is just a question of as much a question of morality as a law against selling raw milk. These are all moral questions. But the problem is we forget that not all of us view that same morality the same way. Some people look at, I I pick on raw milk. My wife grew up on a dairy farm and my wife will not drink milk. It's not because she doesn't like milk. It's not because after, you know, growing up drinking milk that, that, that she doesn't like milk anymore. The milk doesn't taste right. Because the only milk we can get nowadays has been pasteurized, homogenized, and processed when she's used to getting stuff directly out of the cow. Now, a lot of people say, oh my God, drinking raw milk is dangerous and they don't want to drink it. Be my guest. That's fine by me. But I know a lot of people that say, no, 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 raw milk is the best. It's where the the vitamins and minerals are. It's where the nutrition comes from. That stuff actually gets processed out of it. Yes, it's a little more dangerous, but I'm willing to take those dangers. I'm willing to to uh, do the little extra work to be, to remain safe because of the advantages. But what happens when government says one side is right, the other side is wrong, and you're not allowed to get raw milk? Well, that is unless you want to raise a cow, which would kind of be difficult if you live in an apartment in the city. I'm remembering the apartments I lived in when I lived in New York City, and I just imagine having a cow. They wouldn't even let cats in the, buil- the, you know, in the building. Can you imagine a cow so you can get your own raw milk? But that's control. Oh, we're just doing it because it's what's best for you. No. You may think it's best for me. You don't know who I am. You don't know what's important to me. You're not doing this because it's what's best for me. You're doing it because it's what you think is best for me. And you wish to enslave me to your way of thinking Now there, are, there is a way To begin living more and more free More and more at liberty And it scares the pants off of some people But as a man who has spent The last several years Learning how to live more and more free And I don't just mean you know I'm not in jail I'm not uh, in some, some labor camp I mean living a life Where my mind and my body Are not controlled by others or I simply refuse to to comply with those controls. It's amazing. It's not easy. It takes extra work. There's extra risks. risks, But I live my life free, and I'm happy. So one of the things I want to do is help show other people that are interested in in trying living free, living at liberty, living our lives as we see fit, not the way someone else sees fit. And I know it scares a lot of people, but it encourages a lot of people as well. And if you want to find out more, I'm starting this program called the Constitution Study Patriots. And and the whole idea is this is not designed to replace whatever you're working on. Whatever you think is the best way for this country, whether it's political parties, whether it's a convention of states, uh, whether it's the grand jury system or whatever, it's not designed to replace those. It's designed to help you live those out as free people, to do them better. There's an education track where you can learn more about the, the Constitution, your liberties, your, your rights, and how to exercise them, how to defend and assert them. There's a, a committees of correspondence where uh, we will work to keep the lines of communication open, even when the censors are coming about. I don't need someone else to protect me from censorship. I want to protect myself. And it'll be, allow us to see, here's what's going on in this state, in this county. Here's, here's I can learn from what someone else tried. Hey, I hadn't thought of that. Let me try that. Maybe somebody else can learn from what I've done and what I'm doing. Lastly, it's the Minutemen. The, the men and women that are willing to stand up at a moment's notice and come to the defense of rights of others. You can find all that at the website, constitutionstudy.com slash Patriots. Sign up for updates. I'm still putting it together. I'm still working on stuff, but you can sign up for those updates. And I hope you will. Now, I do have to take a break. Before I go, though, You know, I don't know about you. I get to the end of these long days. I'm running around like a crazy person and I have a hard time focusing. I start losing focus. You know what I do? That's when I reach for healthy cells, focus and recall vitamins. They boost my short-term memory and my long-term brain power. And it comes in a simple, easy-to-use, travel-ready gel pack. Whether they're in my my desk, in my car, or in my bag when I travel. I reach for them. I open it up. It's a gel pack. I I drink it directly. Some people mix it in in water or juice, however you take it. For me, in about 10-15 minutes, my mind is clear and I'm ready to go. Now, since you listen to America Out Loud, you can get 25% off your first order. All you have to do is use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. So please go to americaoutloud.shop, look for the, um, for the Healthy Cell card, click on it. It's got all the instructions. Basically, put your card together, use that code OUTLOUD at checkout, and it lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, you'll get 25% off your first order.
2: Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers.
0: Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. Today, I'm asking you to look at your life and, and, and find out who is in control. Are you in control of your life or is someone else? Is that someone else, a bureaucrat, maybe a state or federal bureaucrat, or is that Maybe that's someone else, simply a family member. Again, within families, I'm not in control of myself there. I have made a commitment to my wife, to my daughter, to my my father, my stepmother, my sister. I have given them the ability to have a lot of influence over my my life. In fact, I'm actually, after this episode, I'm leaving. I'm going to be traveling for several days to deal with some family commitments because they are a priority in my life. That's something I put in place. I decided to give up some of my liberty of my life when I married my wife, when, we fathered our, when, we, when when I fathered our daughter. When she was born, I gave up control of much of my life because that's what was important to me. I I decided that raising a child, being a father and a husband, was more important than many other things. And I walked away from a lot of things. I looked at a lot of my friends that had um they had the toys and the cars and the homes, and I cons- and I decided, no. Sometimes I was a little jealous. Gee, it'd be really nice to have a new car for a couple of years, but I decided, no. My commitment to my family was worth more. And I'll tell you what, in the long run, I'm very happy. But what happens when people try to force control over your life? Take for example. Um, the application of laws now as i said there are some laws that are there to punish wrongdoing i have no problem with them if they're actually punishing actual wrongdoing there's a lot of laws though that are meant to simply coerce people into acting the way somebody wants now let's go back to the punish wrongdoing i think all of us would agree that a bribe is is not a bribe is wrongdoing the laws against bribery are fine because we're talking about um well let's look at uh, webster's online dictionary again they define bribe as money or favor given or promised in order to influence the judgment or conduct of a person in a position of trust now in that case i look at this this country and we run on bribes the federal government's bribing the states. They're bribing the the, the citizens. The, the the in many cases the, the citizens are bribing, uh, are trying to, to bribe uh, uh, other people to do what they want. We we seem to run on bribery, but there are laws against bribery, and I think those laws are important. So when there's an, all- an allegation that a, a a high member of our federal government Uh, their allegations of bribery, that should be taken very seriously. And when the allegations that not only was it a criminal bribe, but it was a bribe from a foreign nation to influence foreign policy, that's a pretty big deal as well. Now, why am I bringing this up? Well, apparently Senator Grassley, in a letter he wrote July 10th, claims that U.S. Attorney David Weiss, this is the, the gentleman who is responsible for prosecuting Crimes against the federal government, at least in the in the uh, in the Washington D.C. area, he worked with FBI investigators and Assistant U.S. Attorney Lisa Wolf to um, to make people aware of the bribery allegations against Joe Biden. Uh, apparently, there's a federal form for this. There's a federal form for everything, in FD-1023. Now, this is the form used to that the FBI uses to record allegations of potential criminal activity. Why is this important? Well, you may also be aware that uh, uh, James Comer has been running the House Oversight and Accountability Committee and has been looking into allegations of bribery for both Joe and his Hunter Biden. And in fact, um, including an IRS investigation, well, I should say not, Mr. Comer is looking into the bribery. There's also an ongoing IRS investigation into Hunter Biden's tax issues. Now, here's where the life gets interesting. So you've got this uh, uh allegation of potential bribery of both Joe direct, I should say Joe through his son Hunter, and Hunter himself. So if you'd think you were going to criminally investigate this, maybe you ought to get the departments that deal with those things involved, right? So you know, let's let's notify people of of what's going on. Here's where life got interesting. You see, it appears that the Department of Justice, the FBI works as part of that, um, they notified several people of of this 1023, of these allegations. They never notified the IRS. Anyone else find that interesting? The IRS, which is currently investigating Hunter Biden for tax evasion, and they don't bother to tell him hey by the way there may be some bribery charges that may have tax impacts as well and oh by the way the us attorney the part of the doj that was running this deal recently made a plea deal with the with hunter biden and and he dealt, he pled guilty to uh, illegal possession of a firearm and tax charges i wonder if the irs would have gone along with that if they rec- if they had been notified of the potential bribery as well now here's where life here's where it, it to me comes into control because i ask you is this another example of selective prosecution of uh a do we have do we effectively have a ruling class that is shielded from many of our laws them and their families simply because of who they are or what positions they hold because I believe we've seen examples of people being maliciously prosecuted for who they are or positions they hold. Uh, there, there's now talk about another indictment against um former president Trump. The 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 first two impeachments went at first three impeachments went absolutely nowhere we're talking about we're even seeing evidence that this has become malicious prosecution that there's no evidence to support these charges but the charges keep coming up and as soon as one kind of seems to be petering off all of a sudden another one pops along are you controlling your life of your life if the laws that are passed can be ignored when they're inconvenient are you in control in your life when the very government you hire to serve you lies to you. The CDC has admitted that uh, they have hidden, removed, redacted, denied the, uh, uh, that COVID, the COVID vaccine as a cause of death on some death certificates. The way I understand it is, and again, I'm not a doctor, I don't play one on TV, but when a doctor fills out a death certificate, they fill out a description of the cause of death. And then the, either they or their billing systems eventually gets to the CDC who looks at this and says, well, they have a bunch of codes. They have codes for everything. They look and say, well, is, there, is, is, is vaccine injury a one of the causes of death, right? Because some, sometimes not a single cause of death. Man hit by a bus, the bus doing 70 miles an hour. Cause of death is man hit by a bus. Yeah, there are lots of injuries, but the cause of death was he got hit by a bus. But when you're sitting there, when you're in the hospital and you said, hey, cause of death, well, uh, the person had cancer and, and the, the person had, or the person had a broken leg, or guess what? The person had myocarditis or they had blood clots. And by the way, it could also be related to a vaccine. For some reason, it appears that the CDC has been removing. The uh, the vaccine injury codes from these death certificates. Why would they do that? They've already been caught um, fraudulently increasing the number of COVID deaths. By you know somebody you know, comes in with a heart attack and and dies, and they run a test and oh he had COVID. It was a COVID death. Person came in, got hit by a bus. They test him. He had COVID. It was a COVID death. So they've already been caught inflating these numbers. They've already been caught basically paying hospitals to, they pay them more if it's a COVID death, if it's a COVID treatment, or if they put them on on ventilation, which leads to death frequently. Now they're finding out that the COVID vaccine injuries that have already far surpassed anything in the past. You know, previous vaccine injuries, vaccines were pulled for a fraction of what has been reported in VARS. But still, these shots are out there. And now we're finding out guess what? We are, we're going to hide this information. Why? Because it's a form of control. You've got lies, darn lies, statistics. If I tell you we've injected 200 million people and uh, 1,500 have died from the vaccine injury, that's one thing. I tell you that that 15,000 have died. Maybe I'm a little more cautious. If I tell you 150,000 died. Now I'm going maybe I don't want to maybe I don't want to take that jab. See they're using this they used the fear of COVID to rush through vaccines through an EUA that was never an emergency. They uh suppressed they they fraudulently tested uh Simple, cheap drugs to treat COVID. The, the, the tests they did were fraudulent. They Where They were either delivering the drugs too late or delivering them four times the lethal dose. Gee, I wonder maybe that would cause it. So they fraudulently, uh, uh, they've been fraudulently hiding statistics. They've been fraudulently hiding the fact that there was a treatment so that they could have an emergency use authorization so they could put out vaccines that have not been properly safety tested, have never been tested for efficacy and then they use it to scare the pants off of people to go get them to take the jab i have a friend he uh, you know he, he and his girlfriend were having a baby and the the obgyn told them they should get the shot not because he thought it would be safe but because if there was a problem with the pregnancy they didn't want any they didn't want the hospital delaying their treatment because they had gotten the shot they 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 effectively gave up control of their healthcare because they were terrorized. They were put in fear by a doctor. They weren't in control. And then, of course, if you happen to challenge the status quo of those who believe they are in control, well, they just come after you. Just just ask Elon Musk. I talked yesterday about. Uh, Senator Warren, Elizabeth Warren, sending a letter to the Security Exchange Commission trying to get them to to press an investigation when she had no probable cause. She, all she had were, were allegations with no proof behind them. Now, read this. So, the Federal Trade Commission apparently has been going after uh, Twitter uh, for allegedly violating the terms of a settlement agreement with the Federal T- Trade Commission. Now, here's what's interesting apparently, and I mean, apparently, right? The Federal Trade Commission is accused of pressuring an independent third-party auditing firm to find violations. In other words, the FTC accused them. They said, hey, you over here, you go do your audit. And by the way, make sure you find some some t- violation of the, of, a, of the settlement agreement. That's what we want. A, see, a CPA with nearly 30 years of experience with one of the large... Uh, accounting firms Ernst and Young one of the big accounting firms said I felt as if the FTC was trying to influence the outcome of the engagement before it had started and in fact the 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 allegations of pressure the pressure campaign left uh Ernst and Young partner David Roque so upset that he sought guidance from another partner concerning the ethical standards for the CPAs I mean, what would happen to Ernst & Young if they found out that they were not independent? if they had been compromised by a federal agency? See, it's about control. There are even accusations that, why is the government going out after Twitter? Well, because Twitter isn't continuing to censor the way they did before. Now, there's still censorship on Twitter. There's been examples, there's been evidence brought forth of, of Twitter censoring content but it seems less and less that it's under government control, so now the government is using their power to go after them. What's going to happen? Will Elon Musk have the backbone to stand up under such an assault? Will people stand with Mr. Musk, or will they abandon him when that when when things get tough? See that's the thing about living free, about being at liberty and independent. Part of it means you have to stand up for the other guy when it's hard too. See, it's, it's one thing for me to stand up for myself. It's a lot different. It's a lot I'd say more important to stand up for my neighbor. See, if I help myself, I'm helping me. I help my neighbors. I'm actually encouraging them to help others as well. It's something I think we need to truly consider: being willing to, as my say with the minimum, to stand up and help our neighbors, whether it's with information. Whether it's with support, financial support, uh, just emotional support, just being there. That's part of the the responsibility of independence, is being willing to help others when you can. And sometimes it's just helping them by how you do business. For example, I reached out to a gentleman by the name of Wayne Fox. Uh, He's part of Fox Fired Up Flags. You can find him at facebook.com slash Flags. And I told him what I was looking for. I wasn't looking to go to some, you know, mega corporation to find this. I wanted to find a local person that would would do what I would create for me what I wanted, and and uh, again, I could help him and he could help me. And what I ended up with it is, it's my new Constitution study flag i've got it i've got a couple pictures floating around of it it's it's really nice man it's hand carved it's three-dimensional it's a waving flag it's really really beautiful and you know what mr fox is willing to work with me both on the design of the flag and on how we we paid for it we came to an agreement we could both deal with live with and i that's why i bring this up here i want you to check them out again go to facebook.com slash Fox fired up flags, find out more whether it's a flag, whether it's a table, whether it's a game board. Check it out, find a local person that will make this right here in the good old Uf- US of A. While you're at it, another place I'd love you to stop is is Americaoutloud.news. I keep saying, I'm only one of many voices on America Out Loud Talk Radio, and also with the articles and the videos, these are all great pieces of information. But it's something that, you know, if we don't share it, how are we helping? So please, go to AmericaOutloud.news every day. Check out the stories, the articles, the podcasts, the videos, the ones that really interest you or the ones that really get your attention. Share them. Share them with friends. Share them with family. By doing so, you're not just sharing the content of other content creators. You're actually helping to secure the blessings of liberty.
1: Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing. Leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all.
0: For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health. Naturally.
3: The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natto Their spike support formula contains natto the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body.
0: Welcome back, Everyday Americans. If you rejoin the Constitution study, this is where we read and study the Constitution and teach the rising generation to be free. Free from control. Independent. So ask yourself, who's in control of your life? If there's one area where the, the people have been pressuring to control how you live your life, it has to deal with climate change, which was a re- which before that was global warming, before that was global cooling. It's the idea that you cannot be Trusted to to decide for yourself. It must be forced upon you. We're gonna force you to use windmills and solar panels, even though they don't work all the time. We're gonna force you to uh um to pay more for electricity, drive crappier vehicles, because we know better than you that the world's all gonna die. We're all gonna die. The world's gonna be destroyed. It's gonna take less than ten years. We've been saying it for sixty years, but trust us, this time we really, really mean it. And of course. You can't be trusted to, to simply go out and buy the car that makes the most sense. You have to be first cajoled, then coerced, and eventually simply forced to say, if you're going to buy a car, it's going to be an electric vehicle. Now, listen, I have nothing against electric vehicles. They make a lot of sense in a lot of places, especially urban areas, suburban areas where your travel range makes sense, right? The, the range of the vehicle is su- is... is less is more than you drive regularly you have places where you can charge it someone like me that lives in a rural area electric cars make no sense but they still want us to buy them because they're convinced they know better than everybody else but here's what's interesting mark morano from uh was a climate depot was on fox business news and they got talking about um these electric vehicle man effective mandates
1: A NEW TWIST IN THE GREEN WAR ON uh, gasoline powered VEHICLES, A STUDY, AND IT'S AN EXTENSIVE ONE FROM THE MANHATTAN INSTITUTE, CALLING PRESIDENT BIDEN'S ELECTRIC VEHICLE MANDATES AN IMPOSSIBLE DREAM. Uh, THE the DREAM ISSUE, WHAT IT IS, IS THEY'RE, THESE ARE DIRECT AND INDIRECT uh, FORCING INDIVIDUALS TO DRIVE electric vehicles, but it will be impossible because it also factors in people driving so much less. This will never ha- just they are going to force you to drive an electric vehicle yeah. come hell or high water. And I don't think the American people are fully aware of what they're up to.
0: Let's, let's jump in here for just a second, because what uh, I, I don't know who the the anchor person was uh, but she's making a point going, it's all about forcing people to drive electric vehicles, forcing people, not making climate electric vehicles so popular, so effective, showing how good they are that people are clamoring for it. No, no, no. you must be forced to do that, which is, again means you're not in control. The government's going to force you to pick a, a solution that doesn't fit you well because they know better. But Mr. Morano had an interesting take as well. No, I mean, this really isn't about them driving an electric car. This is
2: literally the banning of gas-powered cars, both through... It's all done, by the way, just like a COVID lockdown. There's no vote on this. This is done... Gavin Newsom issues an executive order, unelected bureaucrats follow suit. The Biden administration is looking to do executive. The EPA is doing all these standards. You have the World Bank telling automakers they're not going to finance gas-powered cars to so Nicholas Stern, the former president. You have Australian corporate banks saying they're not going to give out car loans. It's corporate government collusion. The intent here is not to necessarily force people to an electric car. The intent is to collapse our plentiful freedom of movement and force us to uh, use mass transit. They want us on the subway, they want us in buses, and they want us in any form of mass transit. That's what this is about. They want, And if we even have Boris Johnson's... Uh, transportation secretary said owning a car was outdated 20th century so that's what it's about they're rationing vehicle use it's very simple and you can look at cuba to see how that turned out you're gonna have a lot of used cars
1: so what mass transit for all of us private jets for them that's a pretty good deal for them
0: now how is the government going to get people to simply give up their cars i mean think about car culture in america how are they going to do that well i have a theory I mean, one way is what they're doing. They're making, they're making it so expensive, so difficult to own uh, a car that uh, you, you can't buy a gas car. You have to do an electric car. And of course, they're more expensive. They don't have the range. Uh, they cause a lot more pollution, but we're not worried about that. Now, the way they do that is by controlling the minds of children. Get them young. I believe it was Vladimir Lenin that said, Give me your four year olds and in a, in a generation, i will build a socialist state which makes this very next story should be very interesting see the biden administration has introduced a new series of of measures all at making the government help you provide for your child care see they announced this back on june 11th and uh signed by an executive deal with, related to an executive order that uh Uh, Joe Biden wants federal agencies to find ways to make child care more affordable. Now, do you think they're going to do so by saying, you know what? There's a lot of regulation and red tape that just kind of makes child care very expensive. We're going to cut some of that. I don't think so. See, the proposal wants to to enlarge, strengthen the, the child care and development block grant program in other words the federal government wants to bribe states with money to provide even more child care and of course once they once they have them hooked on the money all the federal government has to do is say do this or you lose your money we've already seen it in education the federal government has no legal authority the federal this by the way this is embezzlement child care is not a power delegated to the united states this, this block grant is criminal. It's a violation of the Constitution. The money taken from it is embezzlement. This is the federal government embezzling money from the American people to do something it's not legally allowed to do, just like they've done for decades now with education. And we saw, we've seen it. We've seen it under Obama. We've seen it under Biden. You will implement our Marxist agenda, or we will cut off money. This is the bribe, folks. We'll give you the money, and then later we'll use it. it I mean, they might as well be mafioso. They might as well call this uh, the, you know, La Costa Nosta. This is how the mob works. We lend you some money when you need it, and then we own you. We control you. They want to control the children. So if at the age of, say, three or four or maybe two, you're getting a government-regulated program of child care that tells you that Gasoline is bad. Cars are bad. We should all use public transportation. They're just going to, they'll, they'll, like, like Vladimir Lenin, give them, give them your four-year-olds, and in a generation, they'll have a socialist country. Who's in control? Jeez, we, it's bad enough 90% of us, 90% of the kids are handed over to the government at the age of five for public, edu- quote, unquote, public education, government education. Now they want him earlier. And how many people will simply go, oh, that's nice. I don't have to pay for childcare. Fine, here you go. Take care of my kid for a few hours. That's becoming dependent. You're dependent on government to provide for the childcare. You're dependent on government to train your child. And then you wonder why your child comes back with all these crazy wild ideas that you'd never thought would ever happen because you hand them over to somebody else to raise them for you. They are in control, not you. But that is a in most cases, that's a voluntary situation. I say most cases, there are some situations where it it there truly is no other feasible way to educate a child than through a government run system. But the vast majority, in my opinion, the vast majority of the time, it's because parents are more interested in their comforts than they are in their responsibility to their children. It's why my wife and I homeschooled our daughter all the way through high school. The only time she was in a government school was to take subsidized testing and and she was in one day camp that used the school swimming pool. That's it. But government wants more control than that. This was an interesting one. Um because this one came through a, a started with the defense department. You see the Central Landscape Partnership is uh a, it's made up of um it's in federal agencies right you got department of agriculture department of the interior department of defense all right government agencies created this partnership and they want to use it to uh they say strengthen military readiness conserve natural resources bolster agriculture and forestry economies yada 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 so what they're doing is they're looking to get to suck up some more land you see this partnership you know scare quotes which is made up of federal agencies, is looking to get some land bordering its existing projects in, in Maryland for their, their, their agenda. There's just one little problem. The federal government is not legally allowed to own land for uh, uh, military readiness. Not to conserve natural resources or, or bolster economy. The only land that the federal government is allowed to own is the seat of the government of the United States. That's Washington, D.C., an area not to exceed 10 miles square. Uh, they can also own land for uh, forts, magazines, arsenals, dockyards, and other needful buildings. Do you see anything in there about conserving natural resources, about military readiness? No, this is the federal government. Stealing more land. Yes, outright stealing more land. Why? So they can control it. So they can control you. Maybe you have another idea of what to do with that land. Part of that land, by the way, is public, but part of it is private. Oh, we're going to take 4,600 square miles of land, I believe, is the size they're looking for. They're going to take it away, not just from the public and the state, the commonwealth. They're going to take it from private owners as well they have no legal authority to do that that does not by the way fall under under the uh um was the fifth amendment takings clause because it's not a legal public use the constitution says that the united states is not authorized to do to use land in that way now there's one more method of control that i want to go to and this is less about this i should say it's an originating government government is using it i want you to think about how The language has changed in the last few years. It hasn't changed by common agreement. It's been changed by force and intimidation. You know, well, first we called them black. Then they were African-Americans. Even if they were from Haiti, they were referred to as African-Americans. And now they're simply people of color, and then of course you have the absolute ab uh, you have the word salad, the the alphabet salad, L G B T Q L M N O P M I C K E Y M O U S E. This is all meant to enforce control. It's how we it's one of the way that we control people. It's one of the reasons why I refuse to refer to a dude that pretends he's a woman as a woman. That is a dude. That is a man. You get some surgery, you're a man that cut his parts off or a man that had parts added. You take hormones, doesn't matter. You're a man who has mutilated himself because the attempt to change the language is an attempt to coerce us to to, to think differently, to take control of our lives by the words that they find acceptable. I refuse. I don't care if people hate me for it. I don't like it. But to me, the language is more important than the hurt feelings of a bunch of prissy little fools who can't tell if they're a boy or a girl. Setting an example for my daughter and for all generations that, no, you don't have to be coerced into, in a speaking nonsense, referring to an individual as they, you don't have to be coerced into that. You don't. You don't have to. You can stand. I know it's scary. I know people will call you names, but you can do it. And if if my example helps somebody, great. I know it helps my daughter. By the way, I hope my daughter finds a nice young man, not a chick that's confused. Nice young man with actual man, functional man parts. I hope they get fall in love. I hope they get married. I hope they give me little my wife little grandbabies. I hope. But how will that happen if we can't? If we fall into this lie that we can't decide what a man is, what a woman is, that men can get pregnant, that women need prostate exams, if we allow them to to make us so stupid as to believe that, what's the hope? So take some time, look at your life, ask yourself, who is in control? Who controls what you think, how you act, how you live your life? Is it you or is it somebody else? Then ask yourself, what would it be worth to truly be at liberty? To live your life as you see fit, without unnecessary external influence. That's my abbreviated version of, of, the def, of uh, Noah Webster's definition of liberty. What would it be like? What would it be worth to you? Would it be worth having some no-name faceless idiots on social media calling you names? Would it be worth having friends defriend you on Facebook because you're such a horrible person to believe in, oh, I don't know, the truth? Would it be worth uncomfortable Thanksgiving dinners with family members? Would it be worth it? to look into your child's eye one day. Maybe your child gives you a grandchild. Wouldn't it be worth it to look into their eyes and say, it's a boy, it's a girl, and not, well, we've assigned it the sex of boy at birth, but we may change that in the future because we are nincompoops. People may say I'm mean. People may say I'm unloving. But I can think of nothing, nothing more lovable than exposing people to the truth, even when they don't want to hear it, and especially when it's uncomfortable. That to me is the most loving thing to do. Expose people to the truth. And you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. But at least I expose them to the truth. And if you'd like to be exposed to more truth, we will come back here and join us at the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Outlaw, Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio network. Now, if you can't listen then, all my shows go to podcasts, generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio. And you can listen on your favorite podcast app. But do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Leave me a rating or review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the Constitution Study and helps them give us a try to be exposed to truth as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage on americaoutloud.news. But please, share them. As I've explained, you're doing more than just sharing America Out Loud or the Constitution Study. You truly are sharing the blessings of liberty.